0: Welcome to the Sports Bites Podcast. My name is Chris Joseph, and I'm your host, and today we've got a special episode. I've got an interview with a former Sooner, the 2016 first-team All-Big-12 selection, a linebacker, team captain. He's a legacy. I got to know him when he was playing high school ball at Norman North, from a Timberwolf to a Sooner to a Bengal, Mr. Jordan Evans. Welcome back to the Sports Bites Podcast. Special guest for me today. You know, I got to know this young man way back in the day, like 2010. Um, mm-hmm. When I started doing play-by-play for Norman North High School back in Oklahoma, and really getting involved with this team, this group of guys that would end up being the 2012 class, it was special to me getting to know them, the parents, everybody involved making a special run to a state championship game. But one of the guys that always stood out. Just yeah, you know, I thought we've always had a good relationship, and I know this is one of his favorite songs, Mr. Jordan Evans, former linebacker at the University of Oklahoma, Cincinnati Bengals. Seattle Sea Dragons. It, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. That's one. Of, that's one of your pregame songs.
1: Yeah, it is. It <laughs> hey, still is. Too. It, it,
0: it's classic. <laughs> it's classic. You know.
1: I don't know why it just gets you in the mode to go play and go make some plays. Man, it's
0: just you, you can't you can't beat it. You know. But man, Jordan, how you doing, brother?
1: Man, I'm doing well. Doing blessed. Cannot complain yourself.
0: Uh, you know, living out here in, in SEC country now. You know, we're coming mm-hmm. out here now. Talking about those games, I, I, have, I have one more clip I want you to play, a little stroll down memory lane. See if you can remember this. High on sight. Nick is going to come down, and Jordan Evans at 27 makes a move to the oh, 30, God. to the 35, to the far side, 40, 45, 50, 40, yeah. 35, 30, cuts back 25, 20. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Jordan Evans! Give him a six or freaking kidding me! The kid is done
1: it again! Good old man, high school. Man, day, that huh?
0: was that was the Owasso game. Yeah. And you had went on a great run, Jordan. Three mm-hmm. straight playoff games with a kick return, but you know, and, and I really think, you know, your recruitment really started to kick up, but I think if I'm if I'm wrong, it was after that weekend or after that game. That's when Coach Stoops and them actually made an official offer for you.
1: Yeah, that was um, was at the semifinals. We played Owasso. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we ended up. It was a great game and scored some touchdowns. I actually, had like almost 200 yards total receiving that or and um uh, returns that game. And went to the Oklahoma State game, and Coach Stoops came up to me during the during the. Uh, during um, warm-ups and just say, hey, stick around. off your offer you a full-ride scholarship. And that's kind of how that came about. But, yeah, that was on that onside kick. They tried to do, like, an on yeah. like Yeah. It wasn't really onside. site They just tried to do, like, one of those pooch kicks, trying to kick it away from me. And I knew as soon as I touched it, I was like, I got to take one of these to the crib. So I did.
0: And it was, that was an extremely, extremely fun game to be a part of. But then you go to Oklahoma. And, you know, for those that don't know, your father obviously played there. One of the things yeah. I really liked about about you and your family is kind of keeping things separate. Like, you didn't want to just be known as Scott Evans' kid. You wanted to be known right. as Jordan. How important was that for you to be Jordan Evans and kind of stand on your own for what you did at the University of Oklahoma?
1: No, it was very important. I mean, I've always just been someone, even though I played a collective sport, I always had individuality in it. And it started as a kid. You know, I growing up, I looked up to my dad as an athlete. You know, I'm hearing all the things that he did while he's at OU. But me personally, I didn't want to be in the shadow of nobody, Um, whether that was teammates, you know, some friends or even my own father. I just wanted to be my own person. So when people used to always say, oh, you're following your dad's footsteps, I used to respond by saying I'm making my own. And I think my dad wanted that more than anything as well. I mean, he was my biggest supporter and he did it from, you know, a, uh, a non he wasn't in the spotlight with it. You know, he didn't come out let people know he played. He didn't try to go to games. He just wanted his son to take flight and do the things that he instilled in me at a young age that we uh, learned in the household. And so, it was very important to me. And I got to OU. I kind of, I wanted to be my own man and my own player. And so, he he, he guided me from behind closed doors.
0: It was it was like I said, it was fun your your maturation process of you know starting at, at Norman North and getting into Oklahoma and mm-hmm. you know playing there. Now coming up, obviously this weekend it's the red river rivalry, Oklahoma, Texas, man. I mean, it's first question, how much fun is it to put the gold hat on after a victory? Now that's,
1: that's, that's part of a motivation. You want to get that picture. You want to get that gold hat. You want to bring it back home. And it's just, it's just so much fun. I got pictures every year, former teammates and friends of mine we go on Instagram and post the, you know, you know what week it is. And, put the hat on and post it on the story and stuff like that. So it's just memories that I always have. I think I won it twice, a sophomore year, and my senior year. So, you know, I still got pictures from those days where I put the hat on.
0: I try to tell people out here in uh, uh, living in Birmingham that it's one of the most special games out there mm-hmm. you know, because of the backdrop, because of the scenery. Now, you guys being on the team have a little different perspective than some of us, like when you're pulling up on the bus. And yeah. You got all the fans letting you know what they really think of you. and. It, Talk about that experience of like pulling into the fairgrounds, the tunnel, the split.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's like one of those unique moments that you get to be a part of. You can sit. There. I tell guys all the time. I'm from I'm from Oklahoma, so I grew up where fall break, you know, was set around OU Texas weekend. We got out of school for this. The entire state of Oklahoma is out of school because yeah. everybody goes to Dallas. Everybody's there the week long for the fair. Everybody's there supporting their team talking crazy to the other team. I got friends that I played with, and I tell them, I said, I don't y'all buck the list. Y'all need to go experience all you Texas weekend. Now, as a fan and as an outsider, it's not It's like you said, it's not the same experience, you know, not only seeing it from that perspective, but also playing in it. And, you know, as you said, going up there, going to tunnel, seeing that perfect split of orange, burnt orange and, and red and crimson. I mean, and, and it's just it's so much fun coming out that tunnel, winning the game, getting to experience the fair. Uh, everything was great. I'm just happy that I was able to be a part of that. Honestly, it,
0: it's it's always a lot of fun. I I told people I used to have to be there like four o'clock in the morning to set up for our pregame show, and to see it build from being pitch black outside to a few speckles of orange, then red, yeah. and then just a mass of humanity out there. And then it's always fun to walk around the fair after you win.
1: Exactly. You know that's that's <laughs> another extra benefit. Go get you some of that fair food and hang with the family before you got to get back on that bus and head back down to normal.
0: Talk about your experience at Oklahoma now, and how how did that prepare you heading into the NFL?
1: Yeah, I think I was surrounded with great players and teammates, great coaches that just kind of prepped me. Playing at a top university like that, there's a lot of competition, You know, you're, whether it's in your own room or who you go against on a daily basis. And once you get to the NFL, it's the best of the best. So if you go back and look at that OU roster, the offensive side, and what I went against each and every day, I saw some of the best, Orlando Brown, yeah. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, Samaje, you know, Sterling Shepard. There's guys that I constantly was competing against. And when I got into the next level, hey, I seen guys that are at that level, you know, and so that that helped me out a lot. Um, and then obviously the coaches and what they instilled and educational purposes, Schmitty Bill, all that stuff, just kind of <laughs> kind of all implemented. You know, it, it last me what six years of total professional ball at this point.
0: What was your welcome to the NFL moment that you realized this is on a different level—speed, strength, whatever? What was your welcome to the NFL moment?
1: Man, I probably had so many all throughout rookie year because whether it was there's physical, emo- emotional, mental—all those aspects of it. And I remember, I think the speed of the game, my first game versus the Baltimore Ravens. Now, when I got into the league, the kickoff rules were different. They were able to like do the huddles, run from the depth, and all that stuff. Man, that first kickoff of the game, when I ran back to get to my spot and turn around and the Ravens guys were already flying past me, I that's I was when I knew it, it was like, all right, this is different. These guys are a different type of speed. So that, that 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 speed of the game was when I first seen it. And then the physical side, I mean, you see that in training camp. You just see how much stronger some of these guys are. You're taking on blocks or seeing how big some of these players that you play against really are. And Derek Henry or the... Uh, Julio Jones and stuff like that—you just see those guys in person. Like I'm in, i remember seeing Cam Newton my second year in the league. I'm like, "There's no way this is a quarterback," you know. <laughs> so that happens. That—that that honestly, constantly happens easy, all the time. I tell
0: people all the time that 2014 Sugar Bowl against Bama, uh standing on the sideline when Derrick Henry caught the swing pass and mm-hmm. he scored, I felt—I never felt it. I felt the wind suck past me when he ran right. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was just it was crazy to see a man that big. Uh, speaking of, of guys like that size, like who is that dude? Whether it be in college, NFL, that you went up against and you're like, man, that that dude's a monster.
1: Let me think here. I remember I know I just know in college I just think about certain players that are like I had a lot of respect for because they were just really good, like like uh Boykin from TCU, the quarterback. I mean, I thought he was a great player. I thought he was a problem. And honestly, that twenty fifteen year when he was hurting in the play, it definitely helped us a lot. Yeah. Um, Texas was always big. In the league, though, man, I played against Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, I watched JJ Watt play. I think TJ Watt's among I mean, it's, it's it's so many people. Alvin Kamara is a great, Christian McCaffrey. I played against all those guys, saw what Julio Jones could do. I mean, there's just so many great guys in NFL that are so Great at their at their um at their craft that uh, they're all that dude, essentially, once you get to that level, you know
0: the interesting thing about today in society, social media, keyboard tough guys, all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know, you know, armchair quarterbacks, I think they know better. If there was one thing that you wish the people who didn't play NFL knew, what would that one thing be?
1: How hard it is to even make it there, you know I mean. I think there was a statistic that was shown, I saw it on social media a while back, that you take all the players that played a game in the NFL, they still wouldn't be able to fill up the Chicago Bears stadium, which is the smallest stadium in NFL. Yeah,
0: yeah it's crazy.
1: So when you think about that, you think about how hard it is just to make it. Then add to the level of how much people, you know, I was taught to live in a glass house, everybody's watching what you're doing. So give us that same sympathy or not sympathy but empathy that you would want if you was in that same position. I mean, we're doing some things that, like, is very rare to get. So regardless of how good someone plays or how bad, just support them because they're doing a dream and they're taking care of their family that everybody wants to do at the end of the day.
0: It's it's, it's difficult. You put it in that perspective, all the people in the history of the NFL couldn't fill up the Chicago Bears stadium. Of course, they're not filling up the stadium right now because they're playing like absolute garbage. Yeah, they're not playing too good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not playing good. Talk about your time at Cincinnati. I mean, yeah. Zach Taylor being there, he's a Norman guy. I mean, did you guys talk about that being from Norman?
1: Yeah, actually, when he first got the job in 2019, I remember getting a phone call from him And, you know, just well, I'm pretty sure he reached out to all the players because he's a new head coach. But there was, was a little connection there because, you know, we're both from Norman. I actually ran into his mom and dad. At the health club where I used to train at, um, and so you know it's cool, and I'm I'm happy. I know they're struggling right now, but I'm sure they'll get. They got the players in the locker room; they'll be able to turn it around. But seeing another fellow person from Norman, whether it's in football, playing, coaching, or these other sports that some of these guys are doing, that I always try to support them.
0: And and you had a uh, quite a few Oklahoma brethren on there. I mean, for a while yeah. it was you and Joe and Samaje. I mean, you had a good little core of Oklahoma guys.
1: No, it's great. And me and Joe got drafted there together. And me and Joe was cool, like real cool in college. And obviously our uh, relationship got heightened once we got to the league. I mean, we were teammates for eight years. I don't know how often that happens, but we were four years, no, three years in college and five years in NFL. And so, you know, we got real close. That's my brother. Um, I go out there still to Cincinnati and see him when I can, plan on catching a game here if I don't get picked up because I'm a free agent still. So, yeah, it's been nice. Familiar faces are always nice to be in a locker room together.
0: So I, I know you, you mentioned you're out near uh, Tampa. So mm-hmm. Baker's there. Yeah, I, I I I do a lot of defending of Baker. You know, I, I'm you right. know I tell people I, I was very fortunate. I was one of the first ones to get an interview when he came to Oklahoma. Why do you think Baker is such a lightning rod for some people?
1: It's just his attitude. I mean, the persona that he carries while he's playing—that's really him. You know, he's always been a guy that. Has that chip on his shoulder, and you know, at times you want to see him to find a way to channel it correctly. But that's just bait. And you get a quarterback that's willing to talk to trash, that's willing to blow his shoulder down and get the first down. You know, at the end of the day, Baker's a winner. He wants to do whatever it takes to win. It. So when you have a guy that does that, you can't do nothing but respect it. And so I think he has that, like you, like he has like that that flame that when other people sees it and they you know add oil to it, it just the flame gets bigger and bigger. And it's it's fun to watch. You know, I think he's what three and one right now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, Lord willing, he keeps that up for the rest of the year. And They got flexed I know he the had game a, this
0: week, got flexed, and the Lions got flexed to the uh, primetime slot.
1: Oh, that's good. Lions are balling right now. But I saw Bake, I don't know, I think I saw it on Twitter, he spoke in an interview and basically said, this is Sean McVay and this coach here is kind of letting him play. And you see what happens when that when that comes about, and... You know i I support Baker from afar. I know he's out in Tampa I haven't reached out to him or anything. I just kind of I know he's busy he's a starting quarterback for nFL team They as guys, guys don't All have right. that type of time but you saw what he did when he got to Cleveland when he first got there i think i think I think honestly his issue there is i, I personally don't think he should have played hurt no you know, because, honestly GMs and scouts they see what they see on the field and they won't they don't really care if you're hurt or not. And so they tried to, I think they used that kind of against him. And so he got about it there. But I'm thinking he's gonna, like, might be able to find a home elsewhere. And hopefully, that's here in Tampa for him.
0: How? So you were on the defensive side, and, you know, being in the NFL, mm-hmm. the, the game against Minnesota, it comes out that Baker is telling people, hey, he's picking up mm-hmm. the defensive signals and, and knowing yeah. what coverages they're going to run. I know game study and stuff like that is important, but to actually be the quarterback, because I know there's coaches who are responsible for that, but to be the quarterback, calling those coverages out in the game, how difficult is that? I mean, can people really fathom how difficult that is?
1: Yeah, it is it is difficult, and it's uh, it's seen a lot more than you would think. So on the defensive side, we try to pick up as much as we can. I mean, on Fridays when I was at the Bengals, one of the coaches would come present to us in the film study the live copy. In the live copy, we would hear the terminology that the quarterbacks and the online would say we would get protections we would get run left right we would get all that so nfl is all about taking a mismatch and take advantage of it well if i know their slide or i know what this means like whatever or the you know like this recently i saw the Bengals did this and, you know tb is he always does this as levels what they ran was a quick screen out to him he blocked and got the first down little stuff like that they try to pick up as much as they can when a quarterback does that it happened to me versus uh, Phillip Rivers. In 2018, we had a whole new, not new, blitz. we had a certain thing that we did versus coverage. As soon as you saw, he called cover two and diced us. Any advantage you can get, you do that. And when you see that in maturity in players, as you saw in Baker, you see he's able to go out there and, and you know, like he did against the, against the Vikings and have a touchdown and come driving, winning game and stuff like that. And So anyway, you get advantage. You see that, you just see the maturity in Baker as a player.
0: Talk about the, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Oklahoma and Texas. Talk about how that kind of goes when you get to the league. You're playing with Texas guys. Yeah. Oklahoma, you know. I've seen commercials when Chris Sims was playing at Washington and, of course, Trey, you know, they're, they're all back there. How was that rivalry when you guys got up to the NFL?
1: It never dies, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know when I was in the league, we we talked trash to anybody that played at Texas. There's low, you know. I, one thing I know, I never bet it. I honestly rather lose whatever <laughs> money I bet. I'm not putting on that shirt. I'm not throwing up the horns up. I never bet that. I was not doing it. But it's always there. You always talk trash with teammates. I know when I got drafted, Malik um, Jefferson got drafted the year after. So you know there was a lot of trash talk. And so, I mean, there still is. Um, I know what I'm about to say is going to run through some feathers. I'm always going to support, always refer to you. I do have a cousin that plays for Texas. So I tell him, I always want you to do well. When we come against Oklahoma, y'all can't win. That's, that's about it. Yeah, you, you,
0: can, you can get your shine on, but just don't yeah, win the game.
1: Can, go have 20 tackles, but just don't win the game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so,
0: I wanted to ask you, you know, I used to do the show with Teddy Lehman,
1: great uh-huh. linebacker,
0: Buckus yes. Award winner, All-American. And I remember one of the things he told me we were having a discussion during one of the shows and trying to get people, again, to understand defensive football and how yeah. different it is now and being a average Joe. We were talking about, you know, you always hear the term defensive fit, run fit, stuff like that. And he brought Uh up, and and what he said, it always stuck out to me. He said, in today's game, with the size, speed, and strength of guys, if you line up an inch out of your fit, you're out of you're out of position on the play already. It's over. That's that's crazy to think, and I don't think that's one of those. I don't think people really understand that. No, no matter Mm -hmm. how good of an athlete you are. Yeah. If you are an inch out of line of what your fit's supposed to be, you're out of the play
1: already. Yeah, it's it's a game of inches. And everyone hears that because, oh, the first down, no, it's everything. I mean, if I have my playbook right now uh, from over the years when I was with the Bengals, and I showed you my playbook, and you see the detailed notes that I have in there, I've done it before people come over and they think, oh, football, y'all are basically out there playing tag. I said, go look at my notebook <laughs> and go look at these plays, and you tell me. I mean, I'm talking about the slightest change from a three technique to a four, a four technique, which is literally like a step over, will change the entire offensive run game that they're willing to do now. And people don't realize that. If I'm lined up a shade over and it gives a time for them to climb up to me on a stretch play, I'm out of my gap. And I ran a four, 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 five. So, yeah, that people don't understand. I mean, one of the things you get graded on, this is another to his point. In film study, when you go over a game, they, they grade you on your alignment. So before the play starts, they'll stop and they'll grade you on your assignment, and your alignment. Technique, all that stuff gets graded. So if you're aligned wrong, you can get a minus for that play. I've gotten minuses because I was not – I might have went – did the right job, but I aligned incorrectly and I got a minus and I got a dash off a point for that. That's how, that's how important it is about alignment.
0: I just remember when he told me that, like I I – Kind of looked as like, man. You took too many hits to the head, Teddy. There's no way. I mean, there's there's, some nice. but he, he stuck to. He's like, no, man. If you if you're you're an inch out, you're you're already out of the play. Um, What are your thoughts on Oklahoma and Texas coming yeah. out here to the SEC? I mean, everyone talks about it's the best league. I don't know about this year. It seems a little down. But right. Oklahoma and Texas now being a part of the SEC,
1: I think it's great. One for exposure. I mean. If I'm not mistaken, I thought I heard behind closed doors that there was an issue with the TVs and, you know, all these 11 o'clock games, but we're OU and all that stuff. Well, what gets all that exposure is SEC ball, because it is considered one of the better, if not the best conference, right? Once OU is officially there, I'm definitely going to say it's the best conference. But I think it's great. I think uh, recruiting is going to boost us up. You already seen what Venable's doing. What is he top 10 in the country recruiting with this year? Um... You know, giving these guys the opportunity as an OU to get more exposure from NFL scouts, always thinking SEC players are ready to play, and give them probably a better shot at the title. I feel like if you win it through the SEC, you know, you have a way better opportunity to make it to those national championship playoff games. And uh, you're playing against the best ball, so hopefully you play against these other conferences that can't play up to our level. And, you know, Venables gets his guys, gets the system going, and, you know, competitive games coming, coming ahead and opportunities to win national championship.
0: Let me ask you this. From a vantage point, you being on the defense, how frustrating was it for you guys being an Oklahoma defense, playing on that side when all you kept hearing was it's Oklahoma's defense? That's the reason. Yeah. That's what's holding them back. How, I mean, how frustrating was that?
1: No, it's very frustrating. I mean, when you look at criticism, no matter how far fetched it comes from, you got to take a second to look at it, right? Because sometimes it's true. 2015, our defense was number one in the Big 12, right? We had a really, really good defense. 2016 defense, our defense wasn't up to par. And I took a lot of blame for that. I mean, there's a lot of interviews that I did, and I talked about my lack of play, my lack of leadership. And the second half of the season, I completely did everything I could to change it. And we ended up winning the Big 12 and won the Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, you look at that, and then you look at from 2017 to, you know, basically last year, And you just have a sense of pride because, one, I'm a defensive player. Two, I played defense for OU, and you hear people talk about that. So, yeah, it kind of sucks, and you hate to hear it. But at the end of the day, the team is a team sport. Offense, defense, and special teams all complement each other. And I truly believe my 2016-17 season, if we would have won one of those games in the beginning versus Houston or Ohio State, how well we were playing offensively and defensively in the second half of the season, I think we would have made the playoffs and caused some problems. That's just my opinion.
0: I, thinking back to that game, and, of course, my I've got a lot of friends here that are Auburn fans. I think you changed uh, you changed the course of that game early on when uh, you and Sean White hit at the goal line.
1: Yeah. I felt like he tried. He lowered his shoulder, so I had to <laughs> lower my – I don't know. I just remember it was a uh, – for me, man, I feel like the second half, of my senior year, I played as one of the better linebackers in the country. And this was my go-away part. You know, it was against the SEC team. They had guys that were big time. We had some guys that were coming out. And I was just like, we know who Samajay, Joe, and Baker, and DeeDee is. You know, they knew who Carl Lawson was and some of the guys that they had on their team. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to show you all who I am. And I just wanted to have a good closing game. It was my last game in the OU uniform. I was emotional about it, and I just wanted to go out there and put on a little shine and see what's going to happen next for me.
0: Who is the one team from the Big Twelve you're not going to miss that you just you don't care that Oklahoma's not playing them anymore?
1: Um, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I never really thought about that because you know, I always, I mean, I really don't care that we're Kansas State. I guess I mean. It was always boring games, even though they were good. <laughs> don't get me wrong, they're a great team. It was just like it's just it was just on those hard I don't know, man. I mean, K-State, all, honestly, all of them, I guess. I mean, as long as Texas is there, because that's the only game that I really care about. Oklahoma State, eh, it's just like they're a little brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I used to get people mad. I'm like, you're not a rival, you're just an in-state opponent. I
1: exactly. mean Exactly.
0: When Kansas has beat Oklahoma more times than you, you're not a rival. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's that's the fact of it. The so, team that
0: surprised me. And they always seem to get after you guys, like at the beginning of games, trash talking and stuff was West Virginia. Like that oh, was West always Virginia? a lot of trash talking with West Virginia.
1: No, West Virginia. I always tell people some of the most fun games to play against is at West Virginia.
0: That snow game. You had that long return.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's fun for a couple of reasons. One, I, I, I think they like can drink in their stadium, So, you oh, know, they they're just, yeah, oh, they're Virginia. obnoxious the whole game. But um, before every game you play them, I'm pretty sure home games, but they do like this random, like, like, it's like link and they make fun of every player on the team. They do <laughs> lookalikes and all that stuff. They get sent to the team and it's hilarious. I don't know if they still do it, but when I was there, they used to like send a link and they would be clowning everybody on the team with these lookalikes. So it was always fun to play in there.
0: Yeah, that last one y'all played, it was snowing there, wasn't it? Yeah, it
1: was like, that was, that's one of the most fun games because it was, it was a, it was a, it was like a high stake game. We went out. It was already cold. We went back to the locker room, come back, and it was like a tundra, just snow everywhere. And we went out there and beat the brakes off of them. And I unfortunately got a hamstring. I was going to say, yeah,
0: I was going to ask if, if I can remember. It looked,
1: you still yeah. made it to
0: the end zone. but uh, I
1: popped the tire. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was like, I, I was mad. I was balling that game. I had to sell the whole second half. I was freezing on the sideline. I was like, I could have. it was a stat game I <laughs> I sit and watch on something like that. Team one, that was all that mattered.
0: I, I, I got asked, so all your time in the league, through college, stuff like that, I know you have got to travel to a bunch of different cities, and we mm-hmm. talked about this this podcast called Sports Bites, about sports and food. Where's the best place that you ever had something to eat, like on the road traveling with a game or seen on socials? You have posted some food on socials. I mean, yeah. you, you like some good food.
1: I like good food. I enjoy cooking. Um, that was the fun in traveling was we would go to this whole bunch of different spots. And that's what I enjoyed because in my own home, I cook every day. And when I don't cook, I kind of go to my normal spots that I like to go to. The beauty in traveling is that usually you get there on a Saturday and they give you some time off before evening meetings. And you and the linebackers are the guys. We always go and eat somewhere and stop. But my favorite spot, and I only got to do this once because I only played in Dallas one time. My aunt, Tootie, has a food truck. It's the best soul food you'll have. And so she was able to, I think, she wanted to bring it to the team, but I think she just brought me some. And it was just a preseason game. And that 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 right there, if you're in the Dallas area, <laughs> find out about Tootie's Southern <laughs> Kitchen. And you go there and you get the best soul food you'll have. Every other place we used to just find a spot. It's usually a steakhouse, um, go downtown, sit down, eat. And so it, it was – I don't know if I could give you one specific spot. It was just a fact that I was able to try all these different yeah. spots anytime.
0: Last question for let us get out of here, man. This year's defense, obviously they're stepping up. Who mm-hmm. is it that is kind of standing out to you as far as their play on the defense?
1: I think it's the easiest answer for anybody. If you <laughs> watch watching oh you know, you better say Danny Stutzman. <laughs> Stutzman. And I had um I spoken a couple of times about him in some previous interviews and stuff, and I said Danny was a very active player last year. And I said I'm very, very excited to see what he looks like year two in Venable System. That's usually the biggest jump. Last year was this was last year his first year as a as a two time starter too, right? Yes, sure. sir. So a lot of times, whether it's year one to year two in the NFL or year one to year two as a starter, you see the biggest jump. And that's what I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to seeing what he does from year one to year two as a starter and a venable system. And he has not disappointed yet. And then uh, some honorable mentions for me. Um, I like Bowman. I like Gentry Williams. Um, I feel like Woody's been playing great. And then who's the little freshman? Bowman, Peyton Bowen, yeah, from yeah. Ditton he's Geier. just like always making a play, just making plays, man. Yeah, he just makes a play, and so as a freshman, and you see him constantly on the film making plays. You got to be excited about what's to come when his when his maturity kicks in as well.
0: And they're starting to get you know they're starting to get those guys on defense that you know yeah. David Stones and those guys. I mean, to, you know to compete in right. the SEC is going to be a lot of fun. But Jordan, man, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, always enjoyed our conversations. You know, back when you were coming up and, and watching you kind of grow up and, you know, took some pride in it, you know, because I, you know, seeing you come from a Norman North Timberwolf all the way up to the NFL and, yeah. and, uh, man, just wish you nothing but the best. And you do anything? I, I know you, you were big in like big brother, big sister in, in, in Cincinnati. You do anything kind of, uh, you know, philanthropy wise?
1: Well, right now I've been kind of quiet. I do have a foundation that I started. Um, it's called Ironman, our Ironheart Foundation. Um, I haven't really done anything out of it yet. I just got it set up. And I know I do a lot of things kind of closed doors. Recently, I donated to a Boys and Girls Club back in OKC and just want to do any way I can support the community. I also started up the Introduction to Ethnic Study classes at Norman North and Norman High School, the Agile Curriculum, which is helping kids learn and study cultures outside of their own. Um, Just help with a lot of the ignorance that we see in this world. So right now, I haven't done too much. I'm kind of in this limbo figuring out this career situation i've been putting a lot of you know thoughts into that so once that stuff gets rolling i'm probably gonna reach out to you and let you know and figure out what goes from there
0: cool man i I, again i appreciate it taking time out i know you're busy a lot of stuff out there but uh but jordan i appreciate it man.
1: man i appreciate you appreciate the support you know seeing true support especially from the beginning to now is always appreciated i hope you know that's coming from the heart for me
0: well, it was it was always good because your you know your parents were out you know your mom your dad and I thought it was one of the cool things that you know your your dad and I could talk, and like you said you know he never wanted to make, you know, it about him and I thought that was you know a lot of, and a lot of high school dads they try to do that and I always thought that was kind of yeah. cool about your dad, he just kind of hung back. Now your mom was more to the forefront you know you know she my was mom on <laughs> my rock yeah. you know? but my, you know she
1: was my, my cheerleader.
0: But, uh, but no, it was always a pleasure, man. A great family. And I know you got, uh, you know, uh, there's more athletes in the family too, right?
1: Yeah, I got two younger sisters, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Much success and, uh, and continue, continue good luck to you, man.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you.
0: All right, Jordan. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jordan Evans. I want to thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites, where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for your ears. And I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouth-watering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.